which was incredible. Uh, you know, every day I got to, to work with a different person with a different challenge. And, and, you know, I heard a lot of the, oh my God, that was the, the best day that I've ever had. Or that was like, that was the best day of the year that I can remember. And just having this like constant impact on people. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action, sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 42 of Life in Motion. Today I have on the line Nate Gillette, who is the Backcountry Programs Manager for the nonprofit No Barriers. Um, Their organization helps take others out of their comfort zones while also helping them kind of change their perspective on life. So I'm really excited to kind of hear how they're doing that um, and excited to see how Nate's helping to do that with their Backcountry Programs as well. Uh, But Nate, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, my pleasure, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Of course, of course. So before we kind of get into No Barriers and kind of what what all the different programs that you guys offer there, um, let's take a little bit of time to, uh, let's talk about yourself for a little bit. You know, where where did you grow up? Hobbies you had growing up? Uh, what kind of led you down the path that, you know, where you are today? Yeah, so I grew up in central Pennsylvania uh, near State College, which is where Penn State University is at. I grew up in a a little old coal town called Snowshoe. And okay. I, uh, yeah, I was super into the outdoors as a kid, but it was more of a small town outdoors. So like hunting and fishing and hiking. Uh, my parents were big into that stuff. So, uh, you know, I was kind of inundated into outdoor recreation at a very young age. And, you know, our, our family vacations were never Disneyland. It was always uh, camping or, or me going hunting with my dad and his friends uh, out to camp for, for a week. Uh, it was the kind of it was the kind of town where the first day of deer season was a school <laughs> holiday that everybody got off. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, now I got to ask: with you growing up so close to Penn State, um, you never found yourself at Camp Woodward. I did not. No. Uh, you know, we we definitely one of our hobbies were you know were BMX riding, and we would go out into the the hills behind our house. Uh, me and a bunch of friends, we would build dirt jumps and uh, trails and stuff. Um, but we never elevated it to the Woodward level of, of extreme adventure. All right. I had to ask, so I, I grew up riding BMX bikes and I was a camper there. And then I uh, worked there for, I think, five summers as well. So, um, very yeah, cool. The, yeah. What a unique yeah. place just buried out in Amish country. It, it, it really is. Sports complex. It really is. And, and, and then it's like what you're saying too, you know, the different um, outdoor activities that you experienced growing up, you know, like, I mean, I've, I've been through there a couple of times, like I said, so, you know, I know, that, I mean, it's a beautiful country, countryside and, and hills and so much to explore and caves and fishing and everything else. So it's a, uh, it's a great spot, central location for an outdoorsman growing up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel super lucky to have grown up there. <laughs> So, um, so with that, you kind of, like I said, just kind of sound like a family thing, more or less getting into the outdoor lifestyle and then kind of, um, obviously lots of hike and and mountain bike out there or or whatever. But, um, what did you do? I think online, I read that you did some outdoor rec specific program at Penn state. Yeah. So when I was, uh, when I first got out of high school, you know, I wasn't really interested in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just kind of worked and, uh, you know, on my off time, I started to get into more, uh, you know, advanced recreation. So like whitewater kayaking and rock climbing and, and just some more technical sports. And I found that like, 
I really didn't like what I was doing for work. And I was, I worked as like a machinist in a machine shop and a managed a beer distributor and just kind of like normal, normal jobs that they weren't terrible, but they weren't what I wanted to do. And I would just work for the weekend. Uh, and, you know, really found that these adventure sports that I got into, like started to become my identity, which I never, you know, I had a, a little bit of an outdoor identity growing up, but it was never, I never really felt like it was, it was exactly what I wanted it to do. And then I got into this stuff and I was like, oh man, like this is, this is life. You know, there's nothing else I, I would ever want to do other than, uh, you know, like boat and, and mountain bike and ski. Um, so a little bit later in life, I, yeah, I decided to just kind of like go for it and go to, uh, go to Penn state. So I went to Penn state and got my uh, bachelor's degree in outdoor recreation management which my parents were like, oh, so you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to college for four years to teach people how to rock climb. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> do. And, uh, you know, I, I really want to, I want to chase that dream of like never feeling like I got to work a day in my life. Um, so I, I did it and, uh, you know, it was, it was super fun and I got to get a bunch of great experience uh, leading outdoor programs. When I was a student at Penn state, I worked for their, their nature center. I got to go around to, uh, to classrooms and and do bird shows with bald eagles and great horned owls and snakes and stuff. I got to uh, write programming for summer camps. I got to TA some uh, climbing leadership and backpacking leadership classes. So I really jumped in, you know, head first to that. Um, and then that, that experience kind of led me out to where I'm at right now in Colorado. I did my internship there at, at Penn State uh, with uh, Fort Carson, which is uh, an army base in Colorado Springs. And I worked for their MWR program as a river guide and uh, adventure program guide. So I got to take active duty soldiers out on uh, river trips and climbing and downhill mountain biking. And I just immediately, like, I knew that I made the right decision to, to chase that, that passion. I was like, man, these, this is amazing. I can't believe I get to do this every day for, I mean, it was just an internship, but I knew that that was a good, um, just a peek at, at what my future was going to be. That's, that's awesome. So like, you know, even, you know, with all the programs and stuff in Penn state and then going you know, out to Colorado and all that and like realizing, Hey, this is what I want to do with my life. Like, was it, do you think like the, like, what was like, I guess the big draw, was it almost, you know, like I always, I always kind of want to compare it or like sports like that to like, um, or not compare, but you know, you know, football or team sports, you know, but it's not the same as in, you know, you have that own freedom, your own personal freedom, you go do whatever you want. But then like in your case, you're showing others use experience as well and getting them stoked on it as well. Is that, is that kind of like what like kind of geared it where it just didn't seem like a, I don't know, like a, like a normal everyday thing and just kind of always challenging yourself, but you still had that kind of ultimate freedom or yeah, definitely. Um, and, and a big thing was, is when I was growing up, I was terrible at team sports. I was like the kid sitting in, in right field, picking dandelions, playing baseball. And I was never, ever going to be on a high school basketball team or, or football team. And, um, you know, and I, I genuinely like first found the community of people that love to do what I like to do when I got into adventure sports. And I just remember you know, how powerful that experience was for me to to feel this connection with, with other people and to feel that I was like, really like I found my purpose in my community and to be able to share that with people. And I'm, I'm a pretty social person and I'm a, I'm a big people person. I love to work with folks. I love to make people smile and laugh, um, which definitely leads into to me enjoying my, my current career field. But uh, 
yeah, just anything I can do. And I, you know, I, I recognize how these activities and how this lifestyle had an impact on my life. And, you know, to be able to share that, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever you're into in life is, is your passion. If you can share that with people and, and like create a bigger network of, of friends that do the things that you do and, and support an industry that, that supports your lifestyle. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty awesome thing to be able to do. Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly right. That's, that's amazing. And, and just like you said, you can, you can find ways to, to uh, use that lifestyle to impact others the same way, like you said, impacted them kind of share that passion. Um, which I guess is a good, good um, time to kind of bring up how, how did you find, so you, so you go out to Colorado, you did some work out there with the veterans, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. How did you, so what happened after that? So uh, during that internship, I met some people that worked for the National Sports Center for the Disabled, and okay. that's uh, an adaptive program, one of the oldest ones in the country, and it's based in Winter Park, Colorado. And they, you know, after meeting me and, and talking to them, they said, you know, why don't you come and work for us this winter and be an adaptive ski instructor? And I was just like, whoa, that's, I mean, I had no idea what I was going to do after I finished my internship and, and kind of diving into this outdoor recreation profession. So I, I jumped on it. Uh, I moved out to Winter Park and I started teaching adaptive skiing. And then I stayed for the summers and uh, worked with um, accessible and adaptive river programs and climbing, uh, horseback riding, all that kind of stuff. And I ended up doing that for about three and a half or four years. Okay. And then, which was incredible. Uh, you know, every day I got to, to work with a different person with a different challenge and and, you know, I heard a lot of the, oh my God, that was the, the best day that I've ever had. Or that was like, that was the best day of the year that I can remember. And just having this like constant impact on people. And that kind of set the hook for me uh, working with uh, adaptive recreation. Okay. It's, it's something that will forever be a passion of mine. I, I absolutely love it. And uh, one of the clients that I was working with was this woman, Kara, and she was this amazing lady, you know, in her thirties and she had a, a degenerative muscular disease that was slowly kind of like withering away her muscles. And I was uh, giving her some sit ski lessons. So we were out skiing together and she was in a sit ski and I was tethering her down the mountain and we just had a blast. And, um, you know, she kept, she come back a couple of times and we had kind of become friends and she said, Hey, you know, like, you know, I know we've talked about life a little bit and, you know, you said that this, you know, the seasonal work might not be for you forever. And, you know, I work for this organization called no barriers and it's based in Fort Collins and our, our veteran program is actually hiring a few positions right now. She said, I would love to introduce you to John, who is the director of our veterans program. And uh, I said, Oh, that sounds great. You know? And uh, so, you know, she set that up and uh, you know, a week or so later I met with John and me and him, you know, connected really well together and, you know, shared a, a similar vision for outdoor programming and, uh, you know, a few weeks after that, they offered me a job at No Barriers. So it was really serendipitous how how things worked out. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It sounds like it's it's so cool talking to different people on on this podcast. And it seems like it all just sort of like everybody's how everybody ends up where they're at. It just happened uh, not by, I guess by chance really is the best way to say it. Just kind of, you know, you didn't know what was around the corner and just cause you were in, in doing what you're loving and helping each other uh, or helping other people with that and just kind of worked out that way. So it's awesome to hear that, uh, that was the same kind of story for you as well. Yeah, for sure. I feel kind of 
uh, I feel kind of bad sometimes telling that story because other people are like, oh, I like search for my jobs forever. And I put in like a thousand applications and I'm like, man, I just, I just kind of talked to people and, and did what I love to do. And yeah, like you said, things just kind of fell into place and uh, at, yeah, I'm, I'll be forever grateful for that. I think that's a, that's a, like a fortune cookie or something. When you stop looking, you'll find it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, okay. So, so you got, you, you kind of, like you said, kind of, more or less fell into that with connections from uh, doing the, the ski, the adaptive ski programs. Mm-hmm. And then you got into no barriers, helping out with their veteran program and kind of hit it off there. So what, I guess now would be a good time. We've kind of talked about a couple of the different things that you all do. Um, and I fully don't know, like I said, I, I browsed your website. So I'm learning a lot mm-hmm. myself because it seems like you guys have a, a wide variety of things you do, but what, I guess, what exactly is No Barriers? Um, you know, what is the mission, the vision? How did it get started? Kind of those kinds of things. Kind of what is, what is the story behind it? Yeah, sure. Um, so our mission, and I'll just, I'll read this as it's written, is the mission of No Barriers is to fully unleash the potential of the human spirit. Through transformative experiences, tools, and inspiration, we help people embark on a quest to contribute their absolute best to the world. In the process, we foster a community of curious, brave, and collaborative explorers who are determined to live the no barriers life. And to simplify that, we we provide experiences for people that prove to them that they can do what they thought they couldn't do. And we introduce them to things that they never thought they might be introduced to. And it's it's a really hard thing to put into words. Um, And especially for me, because there's a uh, there's a certain, like I have takeaways from working in the field uh, and, and, and seeing what people do that, that ties to the mission, but there's just so much more and it's so much more of an in-depth experience and impact on people that, that I could really say in, a, in an hour-long podcast. But um, yeah, so and then for what we do, I can, I'll split that into two categories and I think this is going to become a, a term eventually, but uh, pre-COVID and post-COVID. <laughs> it definitely is going to become a term at some point. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, so pre-COVID, we offered a ton of in-person programs. So we served caregivers, uh, so folks that, you know, like permanently care for, uh, you know, a loved one with a disability that that might not be able to, you know, fully care for themselves. We offer them retreats and to just give them some reprieve from, from just being a around the clock, you know, worker for somebody else. So, uh, so, well with that, so um, is that just kind of like a, uh, just like a general, like kind of retreat or do you tie, tie that stuff back into what they're doing at home with the caregiving or is it, or is it like you said, just kind of gives them an opportunity to kind of, uh, click the uh the refresh or reset button yeah it's more the refresh button you know so we do kind of don't want them to focus on what's going on at home you know that's what they focus on you know 24 7 365 and a lot of the times uh you know when you give yourself to somebody else at that level um you know your own your own value and your own life uh can can kind of like go to the wayside Mm -hmm. Um, so we you know we bring these people together and and one of the the you know, the, the common glue of a lot of our programs is that we bring up, we try to group people together that face similar challenges so that they know that they're not alone in this challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, so we bring these caregivers together and, 
you know, just let them vent a little bit, uh, you know, cause it's, it's just, it's a tough thing that they have to do. And then just really try to focus on them and, and take care of them and show them a good time and, and just make them forget for a minute that, that they, you know, fully have to care for somebody else. And they just really get to focus on their own needs, their own goals. And, you know, when, when people leave, and, and again, this is another common glue of our programs. When people leave, we, we try to give them, you know, an action item. Or, okay. uh, you know, we want to have change that, that outlasts the time they spend with us. We want to have a, you know, a longer lasting impact. So we give people goals. They, uh, we have people, you know, create Facebook groups that check in with each other. We have our, our no barriers online communities that, that try to gather like-minded folks that, that face similar adversities. So it's, it's much more than just like a, like a backpack trip and a cool t-shirt. You know, we, that's our, it was always our mantra in the, the veterans program is like, we don't want it to be just a cool t-shirt and a five day trip. We want to have an impact on somebody's life, not their week. Yeah. And try to create those relationships. And that's, that's super interesting. I've never um, heard or come across anybody that, um, you know, a, a program like yours or anything kind of focuses on the caregiver as well, but that makes complete sense. Um, you know, it, you know, kind of working both sides or not working both sides, of it, but, you know, helping both sides of it. Um, Cause as you said, you know, they have their own, their, their own things that they're, they're working with too, as well, you know, being in that position mm-hmm. naturally. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, other than the caregivers, you know, we work with uh, veterans, which I mentioned a few times, um, uh, primarily veterans with a service connected disability. And um, you know, they're all, are more like rugged outdoor focused expeditions. So we do uh, base camps with them, which take place at our facility. We have a, 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 an old summer camp in Northern Colorado that we, we bring people to and we do, you know, whitewater rafting out of there. We have our own onsite rock climbing crag. Uh, it, it backs up to um, some of the most amazing national forests and, and parks in the country. Um, so we do backpacking trips based out of there. And then we do full backcountry trips around the country um, where we'll take people on five to, to 10 day backcountry experiences where we do backpacking, mountaineering, multi-day river trips. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like, you know, last year we, we had a team that climbed the Grand Teton. We had a team that went to Big Bend National Park and did a four day backpacking trip and then a four day river trip on the Rio Grande. We had a team that uh, made an attempt at Mount Baker and, you know, we run a lot of other backpacking trips here in, uh, in Colorado. So our veteran program, uh, and, and I, that's my breadth of knowledge because up until, um, you know, pre-COVID, I was, uh, I was primarily the, the veterans program manager. So okay. post-COVID, I've, I've kind of stepped into a different role and I'm helping out more with caregivers and youth and other, other things. So, so with like the veteran trips and stuff, are you... I mean, obviously you're, you're working with, with veterans from all over the United States, like you said, and kind of meeting up with these special trips or were meeting up with these special trips. Yeah. All over yeah, the country. So, yeah. So our, all of our veteran trips and our caregiver trips are fully funded by uh, corporate and private donors. So um, for veterans and you know, veterans and caregivers, uh, the trip is totally cost-free door to door. So we pay, oh, wow. Uh, you know, we cover their flight, their, their travel to the airport. When they come here, we, we lend them out um, some pretty high-end outdoor gear, take care of all their food, everything they need so that it's not a, a burden on them at all. You know, really, if they can give us their time. I always tell people, if you can show up with like 
a couple pairs of underwear and a t-shirt and some socks, <laughs> like we'll take care of the rest. So, um, yeah, so we, we bring people from all over the country. Um, so, you know, so it's not always like, oh, well, I live in North Carolina, so I have to go backpacking in North Carolina, which I've, you know, I might've done before. It's, you know, I have, I'm from North Carolina and I'm going to go on this expedition to Alaska. So it's, it's pretty, a pretty awesome opportunity for folks. And, um, you know, the veterans that come on them are, are pretty, pretty stoked and pretty grateful to be part of it. That's, that's awesome. And I was, I was just thinking, you know, that's, um, that's a pretty, pretty true to the name, no barriers by Mm -hmm. having all the flights and everything kind of like, Hey, you know what? There, there are no excuses for you not to come. So, you know, let's get you out here and have a good time. So that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we're pretty excited about it. And, uh, you know, we, we've definitely put a lot of thought and, and tweaking into making this experience um, really as stress-free and, and simple and easy for, for our guests as possible. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, what, so, you, so you do the, the caregiving, the veteran programs. Um, I know you mentioned some youth programs and stuff as well. Yeah, we do uh, youth programs primarily for you know at-risk populations so uh, kids with with different abilities kids that come from the foster system kids from uh, low socioeconomic backgrounds um, and a lot of that we you know we try to seek fundraising for as well we also do some youth fee-for-service programs that just kind of align around the no barriers uh, life curriculum um, which is you know one of the other foundations of, of all of our programs um, and we have done in the past a lot more youth international travel. Uh, we've partnered oh, with some other organizations and, um, you know, we've taken kids that have never left their city block or like, you know, I'm one of the kids, like a, a story that floats around is one of the kids had never been on an escalator before until they really? went to fly to Costa Rica on a no barriers trip. And, and we get some absolutely amazing stories from these trips that, um, you know, we've all come to those, those forks in the road that, you know, the big forks in our life where it's like, this is a, a life changing step. And, and we've got to be that fork where, where people's lives have taken a, you know, a, a, an incredible turn for the, for the better. So like, so like that, for example, you know, taking these, these kids that might not have had the opportunity to experience some of the things like, like you just mentioned, you know, escalator, for example, mm-hmm. So you take them out, you know, on these trips and obviously you have the, you know, I guess more or less the adventure side of it or the experience mm-hmm. side of it. But what else, I mean, do you guys do anything special as far as like, uh, I guess that would also be educational, you know, obviously you said, you know, trying to create the, the relationships and the network with the caregiving. Mm-hmm. So when they go back home, you know, they can have somebody kind of can talk to and, and do it like that. How, how do you do that with the students that, you know, might be, or the kids or whatnot that, you know, obviously younger, uh, you know, I don't know how young you guys go, but you know, that obviously have different, different struggles, you know, a 12 year old versus, you know, a a 30 year old that's a caregiver, you know, what what are you kind of doing with those trips that kind of help progress that? Sure. So uh, our, our whole no barriers life curriculum is, is based on harnessing adversity. And the whole curriculum was developed by, uh, you know, our founders, uh, Eric Weinmeier, who's like the first blind guy to, to climb Mount Everest. Uh, we haven't really touched on him yet, but he's a pretty amazing dude. And uh, Dave Sherna, who's the, one of the other founders. And, you know, we all came up with this, this process. You know, there's these seven life elements, and they're really meant to guide people through, um, you know, identifying their adversity, overcoming it, and then celebrating their success. 
And it's, it's a really, it's an awesome system and it's been, you know, there's parts of it that have been touched in, in many other, um, you know, instructions from, you know, religion to, to like Tony Robbins type stuff. But we really like the way that, that Eric had kind of developed these seven life elements for us. And, you know, we have a lot of activities that float around these, but just a quick touch on those elements. So they, they start with vision and vision is identifying, you know, what you want to be and, and who you want to be in the world. And then reach, reach is uh, kind of actu actualizing on that. And instead of just thinking about it, trying to be about it and, and putting yourself out there into the world to, to get what you want. Uh, pioneer is the third element. And pioneer is, you know, when you obviously like you can reach for anything, but sometimes uh, your effort can be uh, afforded by adversity and pioneering is um, developing ways to, to overcome that. And, and trying to think outside the box. Uh, the fourth element is rope team. And rope team is, you know, derived from the mountaineering term rope team, like the whole tie or die mentality and, and making yeah. sure that, that you have folks that are on your, you know, um, hypothetical rope team that you can count on, that have your best interest in mind. And that, uh, you know, you have to understand that, that life is, it's really hard alone. And, um, you know, having a, a solid team of people to, to help carry you. Uh, through the tough times is important. Uh, the next element is alchemy and alchemy is, uh, it's sometimes it's hard for people to identify, but it's really trying to find that, that gold in your struggles, you know, like trying to okay. kind of letting the struggle just be this thing that like that beats you into the ground. Um, you know, you have to, you know, it's, it's accepting that we all have struggles and then also like trying to glean, that silver lining from the dark cloud. Like, what did I learn from this? Like what, what from this experience made me stronger? Um, and then the, the next element is summits and summits is uh, an intentional celebration of victories. So uh, I think a lot of people, especially in our society now, whenever you achieve something, um, there's not even a brief pause. It's more of like, all right, what's next? Like yeah. what do I have to do next? And, and for summits, you know, we want people to lean into that feeling of success, um, almost like overkill, like, you know, like really like celebrate it and understand that, that this is important. And, and the more that you focus on the things that you succeed on, the less that you might focus on the things that you don't. And then the, the seventh element in our, you know, our life, our life teachings is elevate and elevate is you know, kind of a combination of all the other six elements and then taking that to your family, your community, your friends and, and using these tools that you've learned to, to identify your, your identity, purpose and community and how to overcome adversity and, and trying to gift that to other people. Um, you know, we can, only, we can only have so much impact on the world as, as average human beings. And if you can have a positive impact on the, the people around you, you know, that's, that's definitely the, the butterfly effect. And, you know, you know, we hope that people that come and, and learn this and, and do the activities that, that facilitate this and have the conversations that, that focus on these, these life elements and, you know, this life instruction that they go home and, and absolutely share this gift with their, you know, people that surround them. That's awesome. It's cool that you, you all kind of approach all of your programs sort of with, you know, with those seven things kind of baked into it, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, everything you just said was, is, I mean, obviously you, you guys are the ones that are doing it, but you know, it's everything was, totally makes sense and super important, especially when you look at it from different perspectives and, um, it's awesome, you know, like, you know, from finding kind of the, the, the golden lining in a, in a bad situation mm-hmm. and try to figure out how to flip kind of that, that switch and that perspective. Um, that's, it's really cool that you guys are kind of making sure that you guys are trying to get that, that point across to these individuals. Yeah. And, you know, we think it's super important and, and it really drives us to seek out people that, that we think could benefit from this. And I think we've been, I don't think, I mean, I, I just, uh, and I know that we've been very successful in, in altering change in people. So, so to that point, how, you know, how, how do you find these people, you know, it, you know, if, cause I'm sure you get people that stumble up across, you know, uh, your programs and whatnot. Um, but there's some people that, you know, it, that, you know, and, and until they heard of you, you know, they might've never even considered anything like this or even knew anything like this is out there. So how, how are you getting, to these different people, especially since you work with people, you know, all over the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we partner with some organizations, um, that, that recruit for us, uh, like especially some, uh, like some boys and girls clubs, uh, you know, that's okay. a national organization and, you know, we partner with the boys and girls club and then they'll reach out to their chapters and say, Hey, like, here's a group of kids from, you know, Omaha, Nebraska that could really, that could really use, you know, an, an impactful, um, program like this, or, you know, we do a lot of, uh, social media, uh, pushes to try to get our, our name out. Um, a lot of our stuff for our, especially our adult programs is word of mouth. So, um, you know, for our, our veteran program, there's a big nominate button on our website. And so you don't even have to sign up, like somebody can sign you up and then our team will reach out and, and in the kindest way, just badger somebody into signing up for this program. <laughs> Some people are a little, uh, you know, especially our veteran population, they're a little hesitant to, to ask for things, especially if they can, you know, construe it as help. So, um, you know, like, yeah, just putting it out there to, to family members, um, uh, friends to, to get people to sign up. Uh, some of our, our corporate partners, um, uh, Wells Fargo is one of our, our key sponsors and, at one point around all their banks nationwide, they had these awesome, uh, you know, like 10 foot tall posters of groups of veterans, you know, on rope with ice axes in their hand, climbing mountains with our logo on it. So, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've had people come up and be like, Oh man, like I've seen your logo at an ATM screen before like I, was, <laughs> I was getting cash out. And I just saw this no barriers thing with it, with a dude with a huge smile on his face with a climbing helmet on. And, you know, I checked it out. So it's, uh, yeah, a lot of different ways we're getting out there. Um, you know, even stuff like this, like if I, you know, the fact that I have a chance to, to chat with you and, and, you know, now that your audience will have at least heard of the, the organization, no barriers and a little bit of what we do, you know, I'd love to get some, some folks that filter in from, from anything. Yeah, no, definitely. That's awesome. That totally makes sense. And it's cool. With like the, the more or less like guerrilla marketing tactic tactics, like you said, with like Wells Fargo at the ATM and stuff that, that all these different organizations are, um, are, are on board with supporting what, what you guys are all about and making kind of making those connections. Um, uh, and, and to that point, I will say, I don't know if you've ever worked. So I'm in Springfield, Missouri now is where I live. Um, but, uh, I do have a good relationship with the boys and girls club here in Springfield, which is fairly large. Uh, 
happy to make a connection there too. Just to throw that here while we're talking on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah, always. I, I love uh, meeting people and I love making connections. So I'm always happy to, if anybody out there, you know, I'll give you my email and, and contact info at the end. And, you know, I'd love to be connected to anybody we can. Yeah, for sure. So, so to that point, and you know, you mentioned some kind of, some kind of stories and kind of how it's affecting people, but what, what are some, are there any like unique stories like from, from any of your different programs or any of your experiences that just kind of like really, like really stood out to you and kind of exemplifies like the whole program or is it just, I'm sure every individual case is its own special story, but yeah, I mean, I have a million good <laughs> stories that just warm my heart when I think about them. Um, I, a couple that I I would think uh, kind of similar to the surface, you know, so every year we have this big annual event called the No Barriers Summit. And, you know, it, it is one of our only events that's open enrollment. So anybody can come join. It's really geared toward um, accessibility and adaptability. Uh, it's a like a three-day celebration of of awesomeness and I, I would never do it the disservice of calling it a conference but um, anybody of any ability can come and it's basically adventure activities a la carte you know you sign up for adaptive scuba in the morning and then accessible climbing in the afternoon and then there's you know amazing speakers live music all this stuff it's just really like a it, it's it's like this it's our biggest celebration of what the no barriers community is every year and a lot of great stories come out of that because you get people together that, uh, you know, it could be a, you know, a family that has a, a child with cerebral palsy that lives in the middle of Podunk nowhere. And there's not a lot of their kids that, that are like them. And then they come to this event and they're just, I mean, like, like anybody that any, any disability to, like that you could think of, like it's represented there. Um, and it's all these different populations that come together um, and it's, it's pretty amazing. And this one story that sticks out from our last one that was in Lake Tahoe, um, you know, I was working our, our veterans track and I was teaching this like mock mountaineering course. There was still a little bit of snow left on, uh, on Squaw Valley's mountains. And um, there was this older gentleman, I think he was a, you know, Vietnam or, or a Korean vet, really nice guy from the, from the UP of Michigan. And, um, you know, he came on our, our mountaineering course the one morning and I was like, all right, man, like, you know, are you coming tomorrow for this? Uh, you know, I, I forget even what it was. It was like another hike or like another, like, you know, kind of like cool outdoorsy adventure activity. And he's like, oh, I'll think about it. You know, it sounds pretty cool. And, um, you know, the next morning he didn't show up and I, you know, I didn't really think much of it. And um, I came back from my activity and there was this guy uh, <clears throat> sitting there in the middle of the lawn doing yoga with, you know, all these people in like in wheelchairs and, uh, you know, just like this, this smattering of, of random people. And he just has this huge smile on his face. And I, you know, I walked up and I was like, Hey, I was like, you know, you're like, this looks awesome. Are you having fun? He's like, this is amazing. He's like, I haven't talked to this many different people in my entire life. And he's like, I never, he's like, I've never done yoga. He's like, I never thought this stuff, would, you know, you know, kind of like a little bit of the macho mentality. Like I never really thought this would be that cool. And here's this guy <laughs> like, this like jubilant childlike smile on his face. He was just surrounded by, you know, a group of people that he had never been surrounded by before. And, and just seeing the takeaway from that, like how that changes somebody and how that, how that impacts somebody and, and it's instant. It's not like you have to wait for it or, you know, he has to marinate on that thought. It was just Im immediate. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, 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 and that's funny. Kind of like you said, um, you know, talking about like, this hike or something like that. And then you find him doing yoga, but he's, he's just as happy as can be and, and made, mm -hmm. made those connections, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, uh, one other good, uh, good story is uh, I was fortunate enough to get to lead a two-week trip to Nepal for a group of teens uh, with with some varying, um, you know, differing abilities and, and, and different adversities, you know, with some uh, traumatic brain injuries. One of the, one of the kids was blind, another had uh, cerebral palsy. Um, you know, a couple of them, uh, yeah, just dealt with some pretty serious emotional stuff as kids, but they, you know, they all had come from like a, like, you know, like the different little microcosms in high school or, you know, middle school where there's like, you know, like the jocks, the nerds, the cool kids, the band people, you know, like the, yeah. the kids that kind of sit in the corner and, you know, like instantly, like, like soon as these kids showed up at the airport, I could tell that they were from, from each and every one of those microcosms. And, um, you know, like three days into the trip, not even three days, just like immediately into the trip, like this group just started to bond and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I just got to watch those, those preconceived notions and, and kind of preconceived social standings just Im like immediately fade away and watch these kids that came from all over that had all these different challenges, uh, just kind of like lean on each other as this amazing rope team. And it, it was just, it was really magical. To, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess kind of growing up, I, I always thought kids were kind of mean, uh, you know, they're just very honest and, and they, you know, sometimes they don't know any better, but I was just blown away by how, um, how vulnerable and how humble and how kind these kids were. And one of our activities uh, not, not that it has to do with this, the, the story I just told, but like, we were in this little tiny town in the middle of Nepal, like, you know, stone cobble streets with like old ladies herding goats around and stuff. And um, we had come up with this like kind of funny challenge, uh, you know, like a sort of like a game show challenge. And one of the challenges was to take a picture of the biggest pile of, uh, of horse poop that you could find in the street. <laughs> and they had, the one team came back with this video and, and it was these, these teenage girls <laughs> and, you know, they had shown up in like pink shirts and stuff and just like very like, you know, like proper and fun. And they had found like all this horse poop and they had a video of them like with their hands. And I, I was like, I kind of facepalmed, but I was like, they, they were like scooping this poop into this huge <laughs> pile with their bare hands. And they were just laughing and giggling. And I was like, oh my God, like here's a group of teenage girls that are literally like scooping horse poop with their hands to try to make the biggest pile because I never made the rule that they couldn't alter <laughs> to get the biggest photo. It was just like stuff like that where you see people um, really just like shed their uh, yeah, like shed their inhibitions, like become vulnerable, become very genuine and present. Um, and you know, all of our programs evoke that from people. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And it's cool that you can get like, I mean, I mean, you know, get, get all those kind of different uh, layers of personality out almost right. You know, like ones that are mm -hmm. hidden behind and they kind of get them out of their comfort zone and then, then they just open up, you know? Totally. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge part of it. You know, it's just getting people out of their normal, getting people away from their, you know, their, their regular daily grind. And it's, a, it's amazing what, what comes out of people whenever you put them in a situation like that. That's awesome. So, so kind of with all this, sign it, it kind of sum things up, you know, I always like to ask, you know, and, and you could probably even talk from both sides of this, just kind of interacting with different people as well with, um, uh, no barriers, but what, what kind of advice, I guess, actually, I'm going to ask you to give two pieces of advice. Sure. First piece of advice, what would you do, you know, for somebody who's kind of interested in a similar path as you did? I mean, you, you obviously grew up in the outdoors and you kind of, 
um, you know, found a love for that early on and through college. And then obviously at some point, you know, it really came passionate to help others um, with kind of this lifestyle and share the same experiences and the same impact. So what would you tell somebody that kind of shares that same passion as you, but, you know, they might not know that opportunity, you know, to work for organizations like No Barriers is out there or, um, or even how to get connected with the right people. You know, what, what advice would you give to them? Find an awesome local organization and volunteer. Even if it's, uh, you know, starting out with like stuffing envelopes or, uh, you know, helping out with, um, you know, mucking horse stalls at a, in an adaptive stable or something, um, just get out and volunteer. It's amazing. The people that you'll meet and the connections you'll make volunteering. Um, I've told many people this and I, I promise there are, there are no bad people that volunteer for good organizations. You know, I've, I've never met somebody that is, is just like a, 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 you know, a Grinch that is out there, you know, volunteering for an adaptive recreation program. They're amazing people, stand up community members, uh, it's a great way to get to know people. It's a great way to get connected to the work. Um, and it's a great way to get your foot into the door for, for a potential job. Um, that would be the biggest thing would just be find something that, that you think looks cool and volunteer. There's no commitment to it. You can volunteer once. And if it's not for you, you can try something else. But um, Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a good point with the, whole, with the whole volunteer thing. You know, like you said, if, if you don't like it after one or two times, you know, you're not committed to it. But that experience and that the networking that comes along with it and you get to kind of, uh, uh, I guess more or less taste that whole world more, you know, and experience it. What about, so, and now the flip side of this, you know, from working, you know, with no barriers and, and the programs before that and stuff, what would you tell someone who, you know, that might, you know, maybe, maybe it is a, a, a physical disability. Maybe it's, you know, somebody that grew up in a rough part of town, you know, there's different kind of individuals that you all serve, but what would you tell, tell someone that's in that situation, you know, that might be kind of timid or intimidated or afraid to kind of reach out um, and, and, you know, kind of throw themselves out there more or less you know, with, with, you know, maybe not even even your program, but maybe a program locally, you know, what would you tell them to kind of help put that barrier down so they can, you know, get out there again? Hmm. Um, (laughs) Man, I mean, it's easy to say, just, just do it and just go for it. Uh, And I, I, I understand that's not the reality of it. Um, I would say that, you know, if you are facing a challenge like that, if you are, um, you know, nervous about something, finding a program like no barriers or, you know, like the national sports center for the disabled or or any adaptive program. um, Those are the kind of programs that are going to seek out folks that are, are facing challenges that are, you know, um, that might view themselves a little bit differently than others. And they're the kind of people that are the the kind of organizations that have the training and knowledge to, to look at somebody and not be like, Oh, uh, you're blind, you can't help us, but say, oh, cool. Instead of seeing that somebody's blind, you know, they're going to see somebody's uh, positive attributes. They're going to see what somebody can bring. And they're going to say, oh, well, just because you're blind doesn't mean anything. Like we can, there's a million things that you can do being blind, you know, maybe um, being a race car driver is not one of them, but maybe, uh, you know, being a, a climbing guide is. Um, so there's a, it, I think it, it, it leans more into, you know, finding that community that, 
that is going to support you or that, that you feel a, a part of. Um, and maybe it's not feeling it right away, but you know, I, I, I guess that you could make some assumptions in that an adaptive recreation program is going to be a little bit more inclusive and welcoming than um, potentially like a, you know, like a high end private recreation company that, that serves wealthy people for a big profit. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. And uh, you know, to kind of put your guard down and kind of re- reach out and see, mm-hmm. see what's out there and, and kind of get experience and hopefully find a good organization and kind of get, get a change of perspective in that. So that's, I think that's, that's great. For sure. Um, you know, a lot of organizations like ours, you know, if, if, if we can't help somebody, like at least we might be able to give them some ideas. You know, if somebody calls me and they're like, Hey Nate, like, I really want to do this. I'm like, well, I, you know, I apologize, but you know, no barriers doesn't have any of those opportunities available, but, but you should reach out to these dudes. Um, you know, check out this organization, check out this one. And, you know, I'm not promising anything, but you know, we're always, you know, looking, looking to help people. And, and if it's as simple as, is, you know, spending some, a few minutes on the phone with somebody, you know, I, I would almost guarantee that anybody that works for any, um, you know, organization similar to no barriers is, is going to be stoked to, you know, to point somebody in the right direction. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, and that, yeah. And that's so cool too. Like you said, if, if you're not able to help them out you know, you might not know somebody that, that can. And so throw, throw them their way and kind of, help them and lead them the best you can, you know, with what you got. Mm-hmm. So where can people find no barriers online to see the different programs that you guys have or, or learn more about the programs besides what we spoke about on here and kind of stay up to date with what, what you all are up to. Yeah. So our website is no barriers, or if you just Google no barriers, uh, you know, we're one of the, I think we're the top hit. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, um, and we're, we're pretty active on there. We try to put some content out. We, you know, update people on programs. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of our main, Facebook is probably our primary social media outlet. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, make sure you check them out on their website um, and definitely take a look at, um, I can't remember the name of the seven things. Uh, what is it again? Now the seven life elements, the seven life elements. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's laid out really nice online and and really kind of explains it all very well. So I think um, definitely check that out on their website and then stay up to date on um, on Facebook and see, and, you know, see what they're up to. And, you know, if, if either yourself or, you know, somebody that might benefit from, you know, connecting with them, you know, definitely like, uh, like you saying, you know, throw the, throw their name on there on the website, wherever that's at. And, and uh make that connection and let's, let's do some good yeah but, definitely and don't be afraid to to ask for nate if you if you send a message to our website or to our uh you know facebook channel i'm i'm happy to to chat with anybody that wants to reach out uh you know that, that heard about us from this podcast and and just kind of give you a little personal response or you know I'm, I'm always willing to carve out some of my day for for curious people Awesome. Well, Nate, I appreciate that. First of all, that offer. And then also, um, thank you again for being on today's podcast to share, you know, your story, um, story of what you guys are doing at No Barriers and um, the awesome work you're doing. So I wish you all the best of luck for 2020. And I hope uh, 2021 is is even better for (laughs) y'all. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Jeremy. We're keeping our fingers crossed for a busy season in 2021 post COVID. So uh... Yeah, keep an eye out. We're still uh, doing some pretty awesome stuff. We have a lot of 
you know, virtual or remote programming that we're getting off the ground right now to, to stay, you know, relevant and stay in front of people and, you know, continue to serve the people we want to serve. And uh, yeah, we're excited about all the work we do. Sweet. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll talk to you later, man. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate your time. Have a good one. Me too. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.